Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Medium Podcast. Good morning and welcome to my podcast. It is Sunday Soul Sessions and today's a bit of a special day because just last Friday I turned 59 and I realised a lot of you guys don't know a damn thing about me except that I get onto these podcasts and social media and talk a lot about life and grief and stuff. So I thought I would introduce myself firmly, uh, formally, excuse me, and just tell you a little bit about myself because I know that many of you around the world have not read my book, Spirit Whispers. And so I thought I'd give you a quick rundown on things. And also at the age of 59, I would like to tell you uh, just at, when I finish this podcast, um, some of the things I have learned about life that have stuck in my mind. Just a few points. Okay, so I was born 59 years ago in a couple of days in a little town in North Queensland called Mariba. Tiny town. I haven't been back since I was there. I lived there for six months. From that time, I believe that we moved to Brisbane and we moved back up to North Queensland um, and lived at Ingham for a while from the time I was, um, I think, around about three and a half, maybe four, till about five when my mum left my dad. And we travelled by train down to Sydney and um, we stayed with my grandmother for a while. Then we um, moved in with my uncle and his boxer dog and his wife, okay? By this time, I was six. I had my sixth birthday there. And by this time, my mum had moved on to another fellow. And so I just want, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about, you know, like, like my life was like really um, a, a, a little bit, um, you know, filled with a lot of stuff that was difficult to deal with, should we say. So the first thing that was difficult to deal with was mum leaving dad. I mean, I was just a little kid. I do remember it very strongly. And the second thing that, that was difficult to deal with was that I was, um, my mum moved in with my stepdad and he did, and it was only once, but he did sexually abuse me. And um, and I was a very trusting, loving little girl. And um, it really shaped me, guys. It shaped me. It, it, it only touched me once. And then I, I was lucky enough to have a door that locked. Um, I was only seven, but I knew better. And um, and I just, that I, I think that was when my addictive nature started. Um, because then I started to read and read and read and read and read. And I would lose myself in the fantasies of Enid Blyton and all those places, locked in my room every weekend. I didn't want to go out and participate with the family because I be, had become very withdrawn because of that. Um, my grades at school started to go down a little bit as well. I had been um, quite good at school. They went up and down with different things. Um, I became really good at creative writing. So you guys know I like to write. Um, and I think that was my very, very first escape in life. Um, um, you know, I left, I left home at 16, but anyway, I'll get to that in a second. So eventually we moved um, from Sydney. I never did tell my mum. It's really weird how you don't do things like that when you're a little kid. I think you're pretty ashamed of yourself. So, you know, and, but it really did sit on my head for a long time that I was um, an um, uh, ugly, dirty little child. That's how I felt. I felt that I had done something wrong. Um, I had been given that impression that it was me that did something wrong. Unfortunately, it does play out as you get older. And, um, and then when I got older, I became very promiscuous, as you do, and uh, got a little bit of a reputation in high school. I had a terrible time in high school. I was severely bullied at high school. Um, one of the things, though, I kept up with was the creative writing, creative writing, creative writing. Then I found drugs, <laughs> as you do. Um, I found uh, marijuana first when I was about 14. Alcohol had already slipped in. I'd started doing my mum's Valium when I was about 11. 
so you know so i i i was always wanting to escape me because you know i i wasn't sure why mum and dad had split up in the first place and i didn't know why i was so dirty and horrible that 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 terrible thing would have happened to me um so i and then then i you know got a reputation as i said so and so life stumbled on as it does and by the time I was 15, I had met my daughter's father and um, and then, of course, I had Crystal and then you guys all know that she passed away in the car accident on an access visit when she was four and a half. That was really, really hard to deal with. But what was even like harder to deal with was that my brother had passed when I was 17. Now, my brother, Martin, had been the very, very steady part of my life. Like I don't, I don't, don't think I ever told him about my stepfather because I was so ashamed. And he died when I was 17. I didn't start telling people till after my brother died that what had happened to me. Um, so he had died when I was 17 and he was 20 but was killed in a motorcycle accident. And, you know, and it was really like losing a big part of me because him and I had been through thick and thin together. Like dad and mum went on to have other kids. Like dad had four more plus another one that I found later, another part of the story. And um, my mum had another another son uh, but me and Martin, we were we were really close. Um, even when I moved out of home, we were really, really close. And when he died, it was like losing a half of me. It was really weird. Um, I did grieve him terribly. Um, my mum, though, she type of was a bit of a tough lady. She said to me, you know, you know, I've already lost a son. I don't want to lose you too. So she picked me up. Uh, but then when, when when Crystal died, she had a bit of a hard time with that one. And by that time, um, I was starting to get into the addiction round really, really a lot. After my brother died, I became more into the pot and stuff and while I had given up alcohol when I had been pregnant with Crystal and I hadn't drank for a few years with when I had Crystal I didn't drink um Tony her dad was a big drinker and one drunk in the family was enough and his drinking binges he would really get really nasty and pushy and jealous and possessive and oh you ladies some of you have been there you know where it is you know what it feels like it's so ordinary anyway that's why I left him because he was just a terrible drinker. Ironically, it was the alcohol <laughs> that ended up killing Crystal. But anyway, and then um, and then when Martin had died as well, so I was a bit like flailing around there for a little while. And then when Crystal died, well, I was really lost. And at that time, I was with the kid's father, and um, he was a very, you know, I think the other day I talked about uh, he he was very pushy and violent, bikey biker type person, and. When Crystal died, he couldn't understand the grief, I don't think. I, I don't think he could handle that. And and I would get really drunk on the rum because by this time I'm totally addicted to rum and anything else would get down my throat. <laughs> if Crystal died, that's what I just did. I just just drank. I just tried to destroy myself, destroy my mind, escape, 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 escape. I've been trying to escape by that time since I was seven. I was now like 23 or 22 years of age. I'm trying to escape again still. 14, you know, two-thirds of my life has been trying to escape me and my life and um then um anyway so I stuck with him and I got pregnant with with my um second born my second born was born a boy and um just leave it there big one nine pound five and and that made me really 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 happy for a little while I was I was really in love with motherhood again I felt refreshed I felt renewed I had already and I and like during the um, pregnancy I had started after Crystal passed away I had started doing aerobics and by the time um, I got pregnant with my second born 
Um, then I had started to become an aerobics instructor. So I had this little career happening and I was fit mummy, you know what I mean? Still drinking, um, you know, still, but, but not so bad because I was into the fitness. My head was starting to get clear or I was starting to feel better. But, you know, I wasn't healed from my daughter. I wasn't healed from my brother. And every time I would drink, it would get ugly because I always drank rum because that was smart. And, um, and me and the kid's father, well, you know, I end up having another one thinking that would fix the relationship. But he was quite a violent man and uh, he used to beat me up a fair bit. So I ended up leaving him when my youngest, um, my youngest son, Jack, was five. And um, that was okay for a while. But then unfortunately, <laughs> I really sunk into the alcohol at that point. Now, I'm only telling you all of this because this is where I am and what I've learned. Um, the alcohol led to the amphetamines. The amphetamines led to me losing my children's little family law courts. And so you can imagine, and by this time, I am 34, 33 years of age. And so I'd spent by this time, you know, like um, quite a lot of years wishing that I not liking myself. And by the time I lost my kids to the family law court, I absolutely hated my own guts. And fair enough. And I should have hated my own guts. But that is when I started to hear the voices and that is when I started to develop. Now, I didn't develop when I was on any type of intoxication. In fact, on 9-11-2001, I gave up everything, all of it, the alcohol, um, the drugs, everything. Took up my beloved exercise again because one thing about me is I've always got to feel better. I've always got to have an addiction. I am an addict. And I believe that my addiction stemmed from my child abuse when I was a child because I became addicted to reading books I became addicted to writing stories. It's just that addiction got harder and stronger as I went by, as life became more and more disappointing and more sadder and more unexplained, you know. I mean, by 22, I had lost my brother and my daughter and the next year I lost my grandfather. So I had a lot of grief, a lot of horrible things happened, the violent man. And and um, so then I became a medium. By this time, my kids never came back to me, by the way. So I learned a lot of lessons becoming a medium. I learned one of the things I had to do was take responsibility for my own actions. And even though that very, very first, uh, how shall we say, domino that fell was not my fault because I was just a mere child, perhaps I should have told my mother that day, but I didn't. I didn't tell my mother till I was 30, weirdly. That's what you do, I suppose, isn't it? You just don't want to tell anyone. You don't want to break the family up. You don't want to be the person that was not only ugly and dirty but breaks the whole family up. You don't want to hurt your mother. I think that's what happens too. I did tell her when I was 30. Um, so, you know, um, when I, find myself, I finally find myself where I am now as a medium. Now, I've been a medium now for 22 years. I have travelled entirely around Australia. I haven't been to the northwest of Western Australia but I've been – a lot of places in Western Australia, despite the fact you guys think I haven't, just you never came out. And it's a long way to go, people. Okay, so um, I've travelled the whole way around Australia. I've done a couple of shows in New Zealand as well. Um, um, I have I travelled Australia in a bus for five years doing shows in every small town between here and the West Coast that I could possibly squash in. Um, I've been on radio. I was on 40 stations of radio from... 2000 and I think it was 2004 to 2000, no, 2007, I think 2005 to 2007, I was on 40 radio stations around Australia doing free readings. Um, so I've done a lot of free readings for people, still get people talking about that. 
Um, I have been on television many, many times, being a medium as well. Um, I also um, I w- went on the television show The One, which I won. The One was the search for Australia's most gifted psychic. That was the first series I was in in 2008, which I won because I was determined. I thought I'm going to do it, I'm going to win it. That's your, that's your attitude you've got to have, guys. But, you know, so I've done a lot of things since I've been a medium and since I have been a medium and since I stopped living in the past and since I forgave myself because what I have found in this life with myself and I have lost a lot of people and I'm just going to continue on so you guys know. So I, up until in, in 1987 I had lost my grandfather, my daughter, my, my brother. Now my mother left in um, – my dad left in 99. My mum left in 2006 my ex-boyfriend, who I love dearly, left in 2008. He took his own life. I have lost many, many aunties. Just last year, I lost four friends. Um, I suppose I'm getting to the age where people are going to pass away a lot more now. So that's just what happens as you get older. So what I have learned in my 59 years of life is that um, death and life is unpredictable. That, 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 that there is nothing in this life that says that you are going to live for 75 years and you had better be prepared for the un, unexpected. I have learned that if you don't try your very best to be as good to people as you can, particularly people you really care about, okay? I have people that I really, really care about a lot and I try to be as good to them as I possibly can. They are mainly family because that's another thing I have found, that the people in the end who will love you the most will be family. It doesn't matter how many people have come into my life over the last 20 years. I honestly know that while some of you, when I pass away, might miss me or miss my podcast or miss my post or miss seeing me in action, my family's going to be really missing me because I know how much that is. You, you see what I mean? So I really know that life is unpredictable. You do not know what is around the corner. You can't plan for a lot of things, but you should dream. So one of the things that I, 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 I have decided to do, and I did, did a long time ago, and that was before I even knew I was a medium, I started to write down a list of things that I wanted to be and how I wanted to improve myself. Because I've always wanted to improve myself, particularly with my icky past. I don't hate myself anymore. I do now love myself and the person I've become. I still think I got faults. I'm pretty pig-headed and I'm pretty, you know, you can't change my mind on much once I get set in things. But I do have a lot of empathy and I do have a lot of compassion for people. And I think that's something that I've really, really had to build. Um, I have learned that you can't change the past, so there's no sense in trying. I have learned that if you don't forgive people have hurt you, then you're the one who remains hurt. They really couldn't give two shits, honestly, 99% of them. So forgive people and let it go because I, I found that by holding on to things like my daughter's ashes that I was the one who continually got angry about it and continually let, let it hurt me, okay? And for those of you who don't know, my daughter's ashes were spread behind my back so I hung on to that for 13 years and that, of course, increased my grief. My kids were taken in at that time. It was just messy because I couldn't let things go. I was a person, I was like a bloody bulldog. I would hang on for dear life. Don't be that person. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't change the past and it doesn't change what is. Um, I've already said accept responsibility for all of your actions. Forgive people who you, forgive who you can, 
But most of all, forgive yourself because being human is not easy. Now, another thing I learned was that when I was a young parent, I was a mere child. And it's about time I forgot, I forgave myself for being a mere child. Because, and a lot of you were too. So, in 59 years, I have learned that. I'm going to round it all out now. Oh, by the way, my second born child um, is a transgender woman now. So, and her name is Molly. And my other son is Jack. He is now 20, almost 29. And Molly is 34. So I have a very good life. I have two grandchildren. One is Billy, one is Carter. I am married to Patrick. We've been married for 13 years this year. We've been together for 15 years. My life is amazing and brilliant. I live on a farm, 40 acres in Australia, a little town in, called Stanthorpe, which is about three hours west of Brisbane. And I have six donkeys and one that's going to be born any day. I know I keep saying it, but she's going to have it. She's definitely going to have it. Probably, yes, any time now. So I have learned that the best way that you can learn from life is to teach what you have learned. And that is why I actively do that on my Facebook page. I have actively taught for free for 20 years now about how to let go of grief, about how to find joy after death, and I am happy with my work. And I will continue to teach that as long as I can. So 59 years of life, I finally find someone, myself as someone that I am hyper, you know, happy with. I know, I am happy with myself. I have a brilliant life. I am very happy with my life. And, um, and I think that I'm a very, very um, lucky person that I didn't go insane when the spirits woke me up and I'm glad I listened and I'm glad I didn't have any fear because in the last 20 years I've been able to help so many people out there find light after the complete darkness has taken over and that's, that's that to me is the best. And not only that, after all the crap I put my kids through, they respect me and they love me and they now I've got grandchildren and a beautiful daughter-in-law and that was all I ever wanted after the storm had ended was to get the respect of my children back. And so I've done that. Now, I still have some dreams. I want to go to Europe. So that is another bit of advice I can give you is never, ever, 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 ever stop dreaming because when you stop dreaming, then life itself stops. Even if the dream is completely unattainable, keep that dream in your mind because you never know what's going to happen. And if you keep talking to the universe and telling them how much that you love life, they're going to make life love you back. Remember that. When you understand that you deserve good things, good things are going to come your way. And that is one thing that I learned when I first met my husband 15 years ago. I deserve good things. And that was my second big change. You deserve good things too. So big happy old birthday to me. Next one's a big one, 6-0. Um, thank you for listening and um, I will be back next week. Have a great day. She talks to angles. Oops, angels. <laughs> You'll come back now.